Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. Honest conversations about life, love, and leadership. Welcome to season four. Welcome to the Let's Get Real podcast with Justin and Trisha Davis. And this week, friends, I'm flying solo because a few weeks ago, I interviewed my friend Scott Kadersha. And Scott is a pastor. He's also an author. And most recently, he wrote a book called Ready or Not, K-N-O-T, a little play on words. And it's a prayer guide for couples. And this month on the Let's Get Real podcast, to honor Valentine's Day and the month of February, and National Marriage Week, which I didn't even know was a thing until about a week ago, which ends on Valentine's Day, by the way. Uh, we are focusing on the marriage relationship, specifically on intimacy. And last week, Trish and I had a raw and real conversation about physical intimacy. And so if you haven't heard that episode, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. And hopefully it helps you know, explain and bring some clarity to this very complex and complicated topic of sexual intimacy in marriage. But got to sit down with my friend Scott and talk to him about his new book and just about how there's an aspect of spiritual intimacy that so often uh, we don't address or even acknowledge in the marriage relationship. Before we dive into that, I want to encourage you. Uh, we are in the middle of a promotion that we're doing for a 52-week marriage devotion called Mentor Us. And Mentor Us is a done-for-you marriage devotion that comes to your inbox every single week. Why? Because we want to help you connect with your spouse. Most couples, on the average, spend about 19 minutes a week talking to one another outside the business of marriage. And this devotion is going to come to your inbox every single week, and it's going to help your you and your spouse connect with discussion questions, with scriptures to read together, and a devotion to read and it's going to take about 20 minutes a week for you to have a spiritual and emotional connection with one another. And so if you want more information about that, you can go to refineus.org slash mentor us. And I put the link in the message notes as well. Well, Scott Kadersha is a follower of Christ. He's a husband to his wife, Kristen. He's a dad to four boys. He's also the marriage pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. Scott has had a huge influence on my life and on our ministry. He's been a huge supporter of Refinus Ministries for over a decade. And I know that you're going to love this conversation with him as we talk about how to engage spiritually in your marriage. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Scott Kadersha. Um, but Scott, thanks so much for being with, I, I always say being with us, but I'm, I'm going to say us because of all of our listeners. So thanks very much for being with us on the Let's Get Real podcast today. Man, good to be with you. And your hair is looking as good as always, <laughs> Justin. Just want to tell you. yeah. Uh, Scott and I are bald and beautiful uh, together. And, um, but we, we met, we were, we were talking about this. I was actually just, he and I have been together most of the morning today at the time of this recording because he interviewed me for his podcast. And so we're like, Hey, let's, let's run it back. Um, but we're just trying to talk. We, we've crossed paths, you know, several years ago because we both have a heart for marriages. Um, but Scott, as we get going, I'd love just to kind of hear, you know, kind of a 30,000 foot perspective of kind of who you are, a little bit of your story and, and really how you got passionate about um, helping people in their marriage relationship. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. First, before, I mean, I think if you and I ever start a podcast, it should be called 
bald and beautiful together. Yeah, you you said it, and so let's trademark it and exactly. make it happen. Yeah, but, uh, my friend Jake, who's sitting behind the computer, said you guys should do a podcast together, bald guys. I'm like, now we got our title and everything. So, yeah, I think there's a soap opera called The Bold and the Beautiful. We could just we could just play on those words, the bald and the beautiful. Yeah, at least I don't. At least people would describe us as bald. I don't know about beautiful, but uh, the Lord would describe your, us. I'm as beautiful. jealous of your beard, though. Like I can't grow facial hair. It, I can grow it, but it looks so nasty. We did a no shave November at Cross Point uh, several years ago, and so I went a whole month without shaving. And my wife's like, uh, you know, December one, she's like, shave that. Right Get now. rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I am jealous about your facial hair. Well, I, it's, I'm doing no shave November as well. So we're 15 days in or 16, whatever today is. And every time I grow it, it's grayer and grayer and grayer. I'm playing, <laughs> I'm playing the role of Santa Claus at, uh, at our college gathering in a couple of weeks. So partly okay. growing it out for that. And, you know, and I thought maybe I'll just have to color my beard to make it, to make it gray or white. And there's, <laughs> there's no coloring required. So. That's what, that's what four sons and, you know, two decades in ministry would do to a man is make, exactly. make him really, really bald and gray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm married to Kristen. We've been married 22 years. We actually got married the week of 9-11, which is always really interesting. So that was a Tuesday. Yeah. We got married that Saturday. Uh, she's incredible. She was actually my one of my teachers when I was in grad school for physical therapy. So she's a couple years older than me. Uh, affectionately call her my cougar at times uh, when she's not here to defend herself. <laughs> and uh she was one of my teachers, and it was definitely love at first sight for one of us. It took her a while to get with the program, and um, and I'm so glad she did. We actually dated uh, really unhealth un, in an unhealthy way uh, for a few years. Emotional boundaries crossed, physical boundaries crossed, and then we both get really serious about Jesus. Um, mm. You know, broke up, got serious about Jesus, and then she asked me out on a date. Uh, and, and, you know, we, I vowed to never, ever get back together with her. And I'm so glad that, that we both got serious about Jesus. And she asked me out second time we did, it was radically different. <clears throat> and so, you know, we got married in 2001, four boys along the way. So, uh, we've got twin sons who are 19. One is a sophomore at Baylor in Waco where we live. And then one is a, a sophomore at Belmont in Nashville got an almost 17 year old and a 15 year old and I've done marriage ministry for since 2006 full time and so you know you said how did you end up in marriage ministry nobody ever in the history of the world has grown up and said I want to I want to be a marriage pastor when exactly. when I get older right baseball player doctor nurse fireman police physical therapist physical therapist yes that's some people will say that but nobody has ever said I want to be a marriage pastor and so I got, I became a follower of Christ later in life. I was 24 years old at the time and God radically changed my life of, you know, pulled me away from sex and drugs and, you know, getting drunk and kind of everything the world had to offer and a really radical conversion and, uh, and just got on, got on fire for the Lord. And so mm. served intensely in my, you know, in a bunch of ways in our church in Atlanta, ended up going to seminary graduated from seminary, Dallas Theological Seminary in 2006, and, you know, with just the plans of being a kind of an associate pastor. I knew I wasn't the church planning type, not a lead pastor type. And the job that happened to be available was a marriage pastor. And, you know, I'd married about a whole five years at that point. Didn't know a ton, but um, but it was the job that was available. And we had twins at the time and another one on the way and didn't have a lot of options. And, 
and I would say reluctantly took the job. It was half community, half marriage, and okay. mostly working with pre-married and newlyweds. And I loved it. I mean, I would say from the beginning, um, you know, so I fell into it accidentally. And I mean, it's become, apart from walking with Jesus, apart from my own family, it is like the greatest thing. I love getting to help couples. And, uh, and I, you know, I wake up every day. I've been doing this for a long time now. And I never wake up thinking, does what I do today matter? Does it count? And that's not mm. just because I work in a church. It's not just because I'm a pastor, but, you know, just getting the privilege of helping couples, whether they're pre-married, newly married, wanting to just grow and be enriched, whether they're in crisis, uh, I've never questioned the value and love of what I get to do every day. And, it, and it's brutal. You know, there are days when, when I'm like, I wish right. I'd never fallen into this this path or accidentally ended up as a marriage pastor because of how tough it is at times because we work with, with people who are broken and who make poor decisions and and it, you know it's it's got its stressors like anything else but I really am grateful for what I get to do is I get to help couples love Jesus more and to love each other more. That's amazing. So when you, you graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary, you is the job that you get at Gateway was that was that the, the number one like the first stop or did you eventually make your way to Gateway? No, it was actually Watermark, Watermark Community oh, Church. Watermark, Watermark. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Both big churches in Dallas. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, so we were at Watermark for all four years I was in seminary and, uh, you know, interned there for a couple of years. And to be honest, I didn't love it. And so that was part of the reason I reluctantly took the job is, yeah. you know, well, we, we came from North Point. Okay. In Atlanta, I thought we'd go back to North Point. They didn't have a job for me, which was crushing at the time. And uh, I had a few other options and just didn't didn't want to go with the other options. And so very reluctantly took the job at Watermark and, and man, it was so good for us to be there. We were there for 18 years, I think from 2000, no, uh, 2002 to 2020, we were there 18 years and God just changed our lives there. He changed our marriage. We went through the recovery ministry there, okay. dealt with porn addiction, people pleasing, gluttony, uh, you know, fear of man, all those things. And so God changed our lives as husband and wife, changed our marriage. And uh, so glad I worked there. So I worked there for 14 years. And then three and a half years ago, we moved from Dallas. I don't think I shared this yet, but we moved from Dallas to Waco. I'm the marriage pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church and uh, just helped get to start the marriage ministry here. We didn't really have anything to help couples intentionally. And so I get to help couples full-time here in Waco, sick and bears. Well, I mean, your your ministry um, when you were at Watermark was um, just so pivotal for so many couples. Uh, there's a marriage program that so many churches have licensed and, and run uh, called Reengage, and you were part of that team that kind of helped create that and 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 distribute it to other churches. And one a funny story, I didn't know that Scott had uh, changed ministries. I didn't know he had moved from Dallas to Waco. And so I think it was like last fall, we were doing a conference in New Mexico and, um, it was the church, the church had never done re-engage before. And I knew Scott was a part of that ministry. And so I took a picture of the, you know, the lobby of this church was just decked out and all these couples were, you know, uh, were, were signed up to, to go on this journey of re-engaging in their marriage. And I texted to him, I'm like, Hey buddy, you know, re-engage is amazing. Da, da, da. He's like, yeah, I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I'm like, well, leave it to me to keep up with you. Sorry about that. Um, but it was, it is, you know, I think so often 
um, we underestimate, you know, kind of the the effect and the and the um, the impact that uh, we can make in other people's lives, and just the the countless marriages that I'm sure that you have impacted over the last 20 years of, of pastoral ministry in that area. I just admire you and your wife uh, because people are messy and mm. life is hard, and even great marriages have to go through fire. Right. And there, yeah. there's, there's an intentionality to that. So take us on this journey. Um, you, you, you come to Harris Creek kind of in the middle of COVID, but then you kind of, you begin this marriage ministry. But what I want to talk about is your, your new book, Ready or Not, uh, which is a prayer guide for couples who are dating and who are engaged or, or pre-married. What led you to kind of focus specifically on not just that stage of life, but the most helpful thing that we can do is help couples pray. What is the yeah. thought process there? Yeah. And I, you know, when I worked at Watermark and I love Watermark, their marriage, marriage ministry is really incredible, you know, for pre-married, newly married enrichment crisis and re-engage. I think it's in 500 churches across the country now. And wow, uh, I was more involved in the pre-married, newly married, but, but love the love just getting to see re-engage, get birthed and, uh, all that God is doing in that and through that across the country and, and across the world. And so, you know, have had this passion for couples in every season of life, but uh, mostly have worked with pre-married, newly married at Watermark and now do everything at Harris Creek, work with every season of life, just with a smaller team and, uh, and have noticed over the years, whether it's pre-married, newly married, enrichment crisis, married for decades, one of the areas where couples seem to struggle the most is spiritual intimacy. Hmm. And so in general, what does it look like to share what God is teaching me, what, uh, how it affects my life, how it affects my marriage? How do we share that with each other? Do we make time to sit down and, you know, we, yes, we're going to talk about kids and schedule and, you know, life in general and work, but are we really te- talking to each other about the thing that, that is the most important part about who we are? Yeah. Are we talking about our struggles, what God is teaching us in his word? You know, I read Ecclesiastes 6 today and um, just, the, you know, this whole thing about over and over again, that it's vanity, it's vanity, it's a striving after the wind. Sitting there, reading the Bible, praying, journaling, and just thinking how much I strive after the things of this world, of mm. stuff. And I remember reading that, you know, in the beginning of the of chapter 6, uh, of just getting this idea that I seek quantity. I want more and more and more and more. And that affects my life. That affects my marriage. And so I'm learning this incredible stuff. And I, of course, I've had that thought before, but super convicted this morning. And so am I going to just keep that to myself? Or do I sit down with Kristen and share, hey, I've got a struggle. I need help. I need accountability. Will you help me think through? And so like specific example is is quantity of books. And I look at my dining room table and there are probably 50 books on my dining room table. There I mean, I've got a, I've got an app that keeps track of all my books. I've got, this is just gluttonous. I've got over a thousand books and, um, and I'm like, what is it that makes me just strive after more and more and more and more? And, uh, and I've got, I need help. I need to share that with Kristen. So that's something that God is teaching me there's a point mm. to all this is that God is teaching me something and am I just going to keep it to myself or am I going to be one flesh with Kristen, ask for help and take this on together. 
And so I think couples just like me and Kristen, like we struggle in sharing with what God is teaching us. Yeah. We struggle in praying together. And so because of the busyness of life and not believing that God cares or God listens or, you know, he's got 8 billion people in the world to worry about. Why is he going to worry about my petty little problems of having right. too many books? Why does he care that we're struggling in our marriage? Why does he care that our kids are going wayward? We just have this belief that God is too big. He doesn't care. He doesn't have time for us. We're, uh, we desire to pray, but we're so busy. We don't make it a priority in our marriage. And so I sat, you know, even after being a marriage pastor for almost two decades, I'm realizing years ago that this is a big problem in our life, that I'm encouraging others to pursue Jesus together, encouraging them to pray, but I'm almost being hypocritical in our own marriage that I don't make it a priority. And that is so good. A couple couple of thoughts that as you were talking. One, your problem with books is my problem with shoes. And so mm. I, I feel like um, I, I need to say I need some help. Um, I, I, I may have ordered a pair of shoes yesterday on a shock drop from Nike. Um, and my wife's like, don't you already have those? I'm like, well, they're a different color. <laughs> different color, um, right. Yeah. So, Same style, um, but different color. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I do, I do want to confess that. And my counselor always says, it's always easier for you to confess things publicly than it is privately. So I'm yeah. confessing it yeah. privately to you, but then also publicly to the podcast. Yes. Um, but I, I think you hit on such a, a, a great um, point in that I've never met a couple who is that's trying to follow Jesus that says, I don't want to grow spiritually. That's right. Right. Like all of us have this desire to grow spiritually. So it's, this isn't a matter of desire because every couple would like to be closer to God and closer to one another spiritually. Yeah. It's just a matter of executing, right? It's a matter of like, of putting that desire beyond just, I want this to, okay, how can I actually achieve this? And I think that's really the uh, attainable part of your book is it's a hundred prayers for dating and engaged couples. So it, it takes the guesswork or it, it helps couples transform desire into actual practical application. Yeah. I think that's part of it is it wasn't modeled for us of how to pray. We don't know what to do, what to pray for, how to do it. And so it was really a combination of, of our story of not praying together consistently, even though I'm hypocritically telling everyone else to do it. And, you know, and I acknowledge it too. I'd say, hey, look, this is one of these things, do as I say, not as I do. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm acknowledging that this is a struggle. And at some point along the way, okay, I'm just like, I can't, it can't be okay for me to continue just to say it's a struggle for me. Unless I really care about it, I need to do something about it. And so we started praying together consistently and watch the way it, it just continues to transform a, a really great marriage into a greater marriage. And so I've got mm. a personal testimony that just talks about the power of this. And then uh, a few years back, I read this study by Gallup that, that almost like, like, surely this can't be real. But they interviewed, uh, you know, did research on studies and found the divorce rate for couples who pray together consistently with one another is one out of over 1,000 couples. So one out of 1,152 couples, that's the number they gave. I'm like, I still can't believe it's actually true. But, you know, well less than 1% of couples who pray together consistently get divorced. Wow. And so if we desire it, just like you said, that everyone wants to grow spiritually, we want to grow in our relationship with our spouse. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And we see that the divorce rate is so low for couples who do this. Why are we not doing this thing together? 
not to earn anything from God, not to earn his favor, but but God does something in that. It's, it's the type of person who prays, and it's also God is doing something when we seek him together through prayer. And mm. so I, you know, I said, I don't want this to be something that I, I wish other couples could could do different than we did. Yeah. Instead of having to wait 15, 17, 30 years in the marriage, what if you started this habit of praying for your relationship from the beginning? Hmm. And so, you know, look, when you look through the Bible cover to cover, there's candidly not a lot about prayer, about marriage. You know, there's Genesis 2, and we got 1 Peter 3, Ephesians 5, a bunch of random scattered Proverbs, uh, Hosea, Song of Solomon. There's certainly plenty about marriage, but if you want to do an exhaustive Bible study on marriage, you can do that pretty quickly because there's not a lot. But if we go yeah. cover to cover of what does it look like to be like God? What is it like to be like Jesus? We find, you know, the whole the whole Bible tells us about relationships, relationships with one another and relationship with him. And so this prayer guide is really, you know, a hundred ways that we can become, that we can pray to become more like Jesus. And so mm-hmm. I'm not praying that I would have a greater marriage. I'm praying that I would be more humble, that I would be holy, that I would be fun, that I would be a good listener, that I'd be steadfast and resilient and committed and community-centered. And so a bunch of prayers that I would pray that I would become more like Christ, that my spouse, significant other, would become more like Christ, and that our marriage would be marked by those Christ-like attributes. And so what if I really was teachable all the days of my marriage? Mm-hmm. That I don't think because I'm a marriage pastor, because I'm married 22 years, I've got it all figured out. What if I was actually teachable all the days God gives us? And what if Kristen was teachable? And what if our marriage was marked by a teachable spirit? And so, again, I want couples to start this from the beginning, to, be, to begin this pattern of praying for their own lives, their significant other, and for their marriage that would be marked by these Christ-like attributes. And, and I think that would, I don't, I'm like uh, so excited to see what God can do if we're fully surrendered to him in prayer and in every part of our lives and in our marriage, if we would be people who seek the Lord individually and together to become more like Christ. That is so powerful. You know, it is, it's so funny because prayer is such a, it's such a fundamental aspect of our relationship with God. And yet it's so intimidating as well. And it can kind of bring shame or guilt or just an uncertainty. For sure. When Trish and I were separated, um, you know, we'd been married for 10 years. I've been a pastor for 10 years and we hardly ever prayed together. And we, we prayed like, you know, that, you know, Bob, the bass player would be, you know, sober on Sunday morning after playing in the club the night before, but we never prayed together. And I, we had no idea where to start. And my, our counselor said, you guys need to start praying together. Mm -hmm. And it was just so intimidating, Scott. And so we bought a copy of the power of praying husband and the power of praying wife. Yeah. And on my lunch hour, I would go to my car. I would call Trish. We had the same, she was working at a daycare. I was actually working at PF Chang's and we would, I would read her a prayer from this mm. book and it would say, insert name here. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and, and after going to Bible college, after being in ministry, that's where we started, right? It, it was, it wasn't necessarily about, um, the, the prettiness of it. It was more about the discipline of it. And I think, you know, what, what I love about your book is it is a, it's a entry point into creating a pattern in your life to be able to connect with one another, but more importantly, 
to invite God's spirit into that relationship. Don't you think that that's really the secret sauce of moving from a couple that, um, you know, is trying to make their marriage great on their own to a couple that is led by God's spirit is inviting him in to their relationship through prayer. Yeah. I think we're so, we're so independent, right? And our culture tells us to be independent and I could do it on my own. I could white knuckle it. I could figure it out. And, and I think it's just, you know, a posture of saying, you know, I really don't have everything I need. And while I might have a food on the table, shoes on my feet, books to read, a house, you know, at night, clothes to put on. We think we have everything we need. And there's just, we've got to have this level of dependence on God mm. that realizes that we, you know, it's John fifteen five that apart from him, we really can do nothing. Yeah. And that if I do not invite God into my life, I'm going to revert back. You know, I think about James 4, 1, it's what causes fights and quarrels among you. Is it not selfish desires that wage war within us? And so mm. apart from Jesus, I am the most selfish person I know. I'm I'm first Timothy one fifteen. I'm the chief sinner. But I'm yeah. the biggest problem in my marriage. And I I need God's help. We need help in our marriage. And so seeking him together. And and then I do think you uh you know, talking about calling Trisha on your your lunch break and interesting fact about those those books, uh the Stormy uh Stormy Martian, I think her name is, yeah. I can remember. American, you know, yeah. Yeah. So she used to date Steve Martin which I think is a crazy fact, little known fact about the two that of them. That is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, Steve Martin, who is from Waco. Um, but just really not knowing how to how to pray. And uh, and I, I think what, what led me and led us to have struggles for so long is we thought it had to look a certain way. Hmm. We thought we had to pray first thing in the morning or we had prayed together first thing in the morning or pray together before we go to sleep at night. And uh, and we'd wake up at different times in the morning. We go to bed at the same time. But as soon as my head hits the pillow, I am sacked out. I'm done. And so, you know, I felt all this guilt and shame of why can't we do what people say you have to do? Why can't we pray in the morning? Why can't we pray together at night? And so we just had somewhere along the way, we had to say, we got to stop fitting the mold of what everyone else says you have to do. And we're going to figure out what works for us. And so... It might be, you know, as, as, uh, actually the best way that we do this is, is when we're in the car in the morning, I'm driving to work, she's driving to work or to drop kids off at school. And, uh, and we just learned this is the best time for us to pray. And, and in that I get to see what's going on in her heart. I get to see what she's struggling with, what she's concerned about. She's the same for me. Yeah. And there are times that we pray first thing in the morning. There are times that we pray at the end of the day. We just learned we're going we're gonna to figure out what works best for us in any given day. And what I love is that once we started this habit, it's actually become a really important habit in our marriage that we don't do reluctantly. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because we realize how much it grows our relationship. It builds intimacy. And I think it does create a dependence on God that really apart from him, we can't, we can't do any of these things. And then it just increases our trust for him. That, you know, he may not give us what we want. He may not answer our prayers in the way we want him to, but we still trust him. And, uh, and that, that's been such a blessing in our lives and in our marriage is to grow a deeper dependence and a, and a greater trust on God. That's so good. Um, one of the things that I, I love about, I mean, obviously this book, uh, the hundred prayers, it, it, it will work for people who are already married, but I, I yeah. love your target audience of people who are dating and people who are engaged because 
I don't know about you, but in my years of, of marriage ministry, I, I come across a lot of men who feel like they're married to their mom because mm. they don't know what it means to spiritually lead. They've never had a good spiritual mentor or they've never seen spiritual leadership modeled. Um, they feel inadequate to lead spiritually or the only model of spiritual leadership has been, um, you know, kind of distorted. And it's like, you know, thumbing down your wife and you, you know, you'll, it's used as a weapon. Um, and so there's, there's this absence of spiritual leadership because yeah. rather than leading perfectly, a lot of guys don't lead at all. Yeah. And in the absence of leadership, the wife steps in and then there's this mother son type of dynamic in their marriage relationship. But one of the things that I think prayer does is it, it gives that spiritual leadership. If guys could step into this, and especially guys who are dating or engaged, and they could learn this from an early age or early in a relationship, it could set the tone for the entire marriage relationship to be spiritually led rather than led out of insecurity or led out of yeah. a reaction to, to life as it comes. Do, have you recognized that or seen that in, in kind of your work with couples, just the, the lack of spiritual leadership? I know I didn't lead spiritually. I led a yes. church. I could lead a church spiritually. I just never led my family spiritually. Yeah. No, I love that, Justin. I think you're exactly right. And it's one of the biggest problems we see is we, you know, we've got a church of young ladies, of college students, of young adults, uh, of married women who are much stronger than the men in our church, and and that's there's some amazing men in our church who are, you know, in high school and college and young adults and married, but in general we see stronger women than stronger men spiritually. And uh, and again, like, what if we could go back and start this habit early in our lives as you know, as high school students, as college students, as young adults, as newlyweds. And, you know, so one one caution I would give is, you know, we always hear uh, guard your heart, you know, Proverbs mm. four twenty three, yeah, or repeatedly in the Song of Solomon of, you know, do not awaken love before it so desires, and so sometimes prayer can awaken love before it desires. It could not protect our hearts, and so, you know, what I in fact I always told people uh, for many years when I did marriage ministries that you shouldn't pray together before you get married because it builds this false intimacy. And what I what I learned instead is that uh, couples would follow that advice. They wouldn't pray together. They'd get married, and then they'd wake up down the road, and the wife would realize, I married a guy who has no faith whatsoever. Hmm. I don't know what he's struggling with. I don't know his maturity. I know he's making a bunch of dumb decisions. And and it's almost like you wake up, and you don't realize who who you married. And so Praying together before you get married is not the only way to evaluate and gauge somebody's maturity, but it does give us incredible insight into just their their faith. What are they praying for? What do they care about? Do they know scripture? Do they know how to pray scripture? Does what breaks God's heart break their heart? Hmm. And so I, you know, I tell people, yes, you do want to guard your heart. You want to be careful. Don't pray together alone in your apartment before you get married with no roommates around, and candles lit, and, you know, <laughs> right. uh, whatever the, you know, when I was, Barry White would be the old school, old person music. <laughs> to man. Yes, yeah. But, maybe, you know, maybe it's not Drew and Ellie Holcomb singing in the background. You got candles <laughs> lit, and, and it's romantic. Don't do that. Right? That's just manipulative. That's not wise. But if you're, you know, sitting across the table from each other reading this book, if you are on the phone with each other, it's okay to pray. 
you know, to pray that God would protect you, that God would help you become more like Christ, that your relationship again would be marked by these Christ-like attributes and it would allow men to really lead well and for women to be able to evaluate the person that they maybe are attracted to and really like. But but you got to figure out this is the most important thing about who we are is what is our relationship with Jesus like? And so we need to consistently look for ways before you get married to to evaluate the other person and then to prepare really well for marriage, especially if you're in that engaged season. And then if you're married, just how do you consistently grow in our relationship with Christ and grow in our marriage? And so, again, I want to make this user-friendly because I could have used it. <laughs> and I think a lot of couples, in fact, most couples out there need all the help we can get when it comes to prayer. So good. Okay, last question as we wrap up here. Um, there's different prayer styles, but I think also, the you know, Gary Thomas talks about in, in a book that may, is less well-known uh, called uh, Sacred Rhythms. He talks about how we connect with God differently, right? And so yeah. I think there's, you know, there's the things that are, that look more spiritual than others. And so you, there's maybe a, a insecurity um, or there's like an inferiority feeling of, man, I don't pray like my girlfriend prays. I don't pray like as deep as my wife prays. I don't connect with God as deeply as my you know husband does through prayer how how can couples who may have different styles of relating to god or different styles of prayer how can they reconcile that uh, as they try to pray together it's good i love that uh sacred pathways right by sacred gary pathways. thomas yeah pathways, yeah yeah i think it's such a great book and so right some of us relate to god by being out in nature some by you know more tradition some by just sitting you know my mine is um sitting at our dining room table with you know, with my Bible, my journal, yeah, 50 books, right? Exactly. <laughs> you, you can picture the scene. Yes. Guilty as charged. Yep. Yeah. And there, there is a level of, I mean, so, yeah, I got my Bible, my journal, my commentary, always have to have the coffee, right? I mean, that's all there. And I'm at my table and, you know, and I go upstairs and I see Kristen and she's lying down in bed with her journal in bed and her Bible in bed. I'm like, can you really love Jesus that way? Like, that's not how you do it is you've got to be seated down at the table. And it's like so stupid of she's so much more Christ-like than I am. And I'm yet, I'm yet I'm going to judge the way that she pursues the Lord. And so that's, that's mm. an example. It's not about prayer or right. some of us, like we go out in nature and you see the heavens. My son Drew, who's a sophomore at, at Belmont, um, he just posted, he said, you know, if you ever question whether God exists, you just look up at the heavens. So, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. Yeah. And that wouldn't be, I believe that that's not my first step, you know, in, in seeing God work. But, but for him, that is the thing that draws him near. Uh, for some people, it's serving others. For others, it's just, you know, being, being active about a cause that they're passionate about that honors God. And so really that, what I love about that book is it just allows us to see that, uh, our spouse or others don't have to draw close to God in the same way that we do. Right. And so that means even I can pray in different ways. For some people, that's going to be long prayers. For some, that's going to be writing out their prayers. For some, it's going to be praying in the in the context of community. Like there's not a right or wrong way to do that. If we're that's pursuing so Jesus, it, you know, in a, in a God-honoring way, in a biblical way, I'm not going to dictate the right way or the wrong way. And so marriage allows us to see that our spouse may draw close to the Lord in a different way. It doesn't mean they're right or they're wrong and we're right. 
it means that we're wired differently. And that's the beauty of being married to one another, that we're not, that we're married to somebody who, who is different and can help us to uh, appreciate the beauty of the Lord in different ways. That's so good. So Scott, um, the book is called Ready or Not, and it's a little play on words because it's K-N-O-T, which I, which I love as a, as a dad, you know, the, the dad joke type of aspect. Oh yeah. K-N-O-T. Um, but where can people find not just the book, but where can people connect with you um, as you as you uh, minister to others? Yeah, so two books I read. One is called Ready or Not, 12 Conversations for Every Couple Before They Get Married. That came out in 2019. And then the, the Ready or Not Prayer Guide, the 100 Prayers uh, for Seriously Dating and Engaged Couples, uh, came out in the same month as, as your book, Justin. And so you can find it on Amazon, anywhere books are sold. Uh, I do a podcast called The More Than Roommates Podcast. That's uh, intended to help couples just grow in their marriage and take the next intentional step to be more than roommates. And then, uh, and then similar to you, Justin, I still I blog. And so scottkadersha.com. The good thing about having a really unique name is nobody else is going to steal my URL or fight for it. It is, it's, it's all available. And then uh, all the socials, uh, Skadersha, so Skadersha on Instagram is probably where I'm most active. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for uh, being with us. Thank you for just sharing this. Uh, such a practical prayer guide for uh, young couples or not necessarily young age wise, but young in their development as a couple. And uh, God, God is definitely using you and your influence uh, just to impact marriages all over the world. So thank you so much, Scott, for being with us. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. What an incredible conversation with Scott Kadersha. Can't encourage you enough to check out his book, Ready or Not, on Amazon. So thankful for the wisdom and insight he poured into us during this episode. I'll put all the links in the show notes uh, for the books that he mentioned in this episode. Well, guys, are you looking for an opportunity to transform your marriage relationship? We want to invite you to be our guest in Nashville, Tennessee, May 3rd through the 5th, for what we call the Refinus Weekend Experience. This is a marriage-intensive weekend that is designed to transform your heart and the heart of your marriage. And so no matter where you are in your marriage relationship, we have seen hundreds of couples come through the Refinus Weekend experience over the last 10 years and find hope, healing, and practical next steps to grow in their marriage relationship. This is an all-inclusive weekend, so it's going to include two nights lodging at the Virgin Hotel. It's going to include all of your meals except for dinner on Saturday night because we hope that is going to be a date night for you and your spouse. And all of the content as well as some special guests and surprises that we have planned for the weekend. So to find out more information and to join us, we, we only have a few spots left. This is a small environment and it's done intentionally to give you access to us and time to spend with your spouse. You can go to refineus.org slash weekend, find out more information and register to join us May 3rd through the 5th in Nashville, Tennessee at the Virgin Hotel. Well, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode. And we have another bonus episode that is going to be dropping next Tuesday as we continue to celebrate relationships during the month of February. Have a great day.